kills us every day It's the art that heals us It heals us every way guys thank you for listening to the art that heals us podcast with nikita Vane, your girl today i have a special guest who is a longtime friend um, we grew up in high school together and we've kept in contact ever since she mm-hmm. is a guest therapist um for the talk to me thursdays um episode this is actually the last one of the year 2021 is coming to a close so we're going to be talking about how you can move forward into the next year and then wrapping up some things that you may be dealing with with you know in the year of 21 so so thank you so much for being here today, Maria. I'm going to have you go ahead and introduce yourself. Hey, thank you so much, Nikita, for having me on. I'm so proud of the work that you are doing for this thank community you. of folks and your transparency and using your platform to, you know, encourage others. I know me and Marshawn, my twin sister, I always call you the Renaissance woman. Oh. Um, yes, you're so gifted and so talented and I'm so proud of you. But thank you so much um, for having me here. Um, yes. So you're, mm-hmm. you're right. We grew up together um, yeah. and. And, you know, over the past years, I um, obtained my I'm a licensed uh, professional counselor, licensed therapist, mm-hmm. and I've served in the mental health field for over 16 years. Um, I've um, served in the community in various social services roles, including, you know, emergency psychiatric services, substance abuse, sexual assault and domestic violence. Um, my most recent role was I was a former assistant, former assistant director for the Office of Crisis Services and Suicide Prevention for the Tennessee Department of Mental Health and Substance Abuse Services. Um, so I'm currently the founder and owner of Kindness Connects Us uh, Therapy Services, where um, I was established in 2015. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a counseling practice um, where every day I help youth and adults struggling with depression, anxiety, anger, all that impacts um, folks' ability to make decisions, um, folks that are dealing with low self-esteem, like I said, substance abuse, physical pain, or troubled relationships. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, that's a little bit snippet, including I um, co-host the Sweats, Heels, and Mental Health podcast with my twin sister, Marshawn. So. Yes, ma'am. You talk about me being the Renaissance woman. Come well, listen, on. Listen. Okay. <laughs> Come on. And you better oh, give listen. all of those accolades. I love it. I love, <laughs> I love to see people that I've known for a long time be yes. so, you know, thriving and resilient. Um, yeah. I always, always talk about how this podcast got started because I wanted to highlight my creative friends and or yeah. obviously therapists so that Absolutely. they can help people just as much as I've been helped by them. And so that's what the basis of this is. And so I love that you talked about, yeah, thank you. I love that you talked about all of the things that you do. I love your podcast. I've listened to it on several occasions. Um, You Mm -hmm. guys talk about a variety of things. I remember one particular one, um, and I think it might've been the one that you guys kind of talked about my journey, um, but you were talking about mental health when it comes to men. There was a guest Mm -hmm. on there, a male that Mm -hmm. talked about, um, you know, maybe some signs and things that men don't recognize Mm -hmm. when they are depressed or they Mm -hmm. may be having struggles with their mental health. So what can you share about that? I think that's like a good, um, something good to bring up, especially with this climate that we're in in our country. What can you share about that? 
Yeah, I'm so glad you brought that up. I think a lot of times with our men, specifically, historically, they have been, especially in the Black community, they have been taught to be the hunters, to be the men to, you know, have a backbone. Don't show Mm -hmm. your emotions, you know, Mm -hmm. pick up yourself and keep going. You don't have time to to melt and milk in your emotions. And so a lot of times that message has carried on to their partners, especially if there's a woman and, you know, we unconsciously may expect so much from them that when they come home from working a whole day at work, we automatically get them to think, you know, jump on them and, and say, and give them the rundown of our day versus checking in with them. And so right. uh, a lot of times it is allowing them that space to be themselves, to be just as we are with our girlfriends, allowing them that space to be vulnerable, allowing them that space to talk about how they're feeling, talk about their day, talk about the stressors and the fears that they carry every day. There's a saying, mm-hmm. just because you carry it well doesn't mean it impacts you or it, it it's not heavy yes. and so really being mindful about our men being mindful of the climate like you said that we're in that they're not allowed that space in society to to express themselves in that way we are getting and moving to a better place and space for that but still have so much work to do mm-hmm. and so it's being mindful and creating that safe space for them to um, let their hair down as we would for a mm-hmm. girlfriend mm-hmm Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And to that point, do you see a lot of males um, in your practice, particularly black males? Oh, yes. Uh, I have quite a bit, you know, of um, men, especially African-American men that I see. Um, mm-hmm. and they range from ages 14 to uh, have a gentleman who is in his 40s. And so mm-hmm. I'm, I'm grateful that a lot of them are reaching out for help. Yes. And at first I'm like, do you want, do you sure you don't want a male therapist? <laughs> <laughs> um, and, you know, it, with that uh, imposter syndrome there and, <laughs> yeah. you know, um, but mm. I think about it as like they're, you know, sometimes they do prefer a woman, uh, female therapist to um, talk and they feel more safer and comfort um, mm. in, in having a female therapist. Mm-hmm. But yes, I do. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right, good. That's good to know. All right. Well, tell me a little bit um, about how you became a therapist. Um, can you share a little bit about your backstory or and or maybe like the history of how you came into having your own practice? Yes. So I always say this field chose me. Um, I always wanted to be a nurse. And that is what my what? I was going for. Absolutely. Yes. I didn't know that. <laughs> Um, my, my whole family are the majority of them are in the helping field and majority Ooh. are nurses in the medical field, wow. um, with my uncle being a psychologist, but, um, it really started for me in high school. Uh, I had a friend, male friend come up to me in science class mm-hmm. and we were sitting, listening to the lecture and he tells me that he's having suicidal thoughts Wow! and I am like, what the heck? I'm mm-hmm. frightened. I'm scared for him. He's, you know, and I just sat there and listened. I'm like, I don't know what to say. I'm going to say the wrong thing. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we talked and I listened, whispered throughout this, the this class. Um, but at the end of it, he said he felt a lot better, but he had to go home back home where a lot of those triggers for him resided. Mm-hmm. And so I'm thank God, you know, 20 years now, 
you know, later he's alive and doing well. He's living mm-hmm. a quality of life. Um, but that was like the first of many um, times that I would have encounter with loved ones and friends that would be, you know, vulnerable with me to talk about some of those, um, their mental health status and their mental health, um, things with their mental health. And that wow. in itself created like a passion for me to be like a conduit to let people feel heard, seen and understood. Because mm-hmm. a lot of times people just want to be, they just want to be understood. They want someone to listen to them. Exactly. And so I think that was like the pivotal moment for me to kind of like, okay, this is what I'm going to do. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, you know, I went to, I mean, you both went to the same high school. And um, for me, uh, I thought I had to go into the military to get my education until a family friend told me, Maria, no, you don't have to go into the military. Because at that time I was in junior ROTC mm-hmm. and, you know, um, and he was like, no. And so I started applying for scholarships, I actually graduated a year early and was working and my, waiting on my twin sister to finish school so we can go together. And that's when we transitioned to Nashville to HBCU uh, Fisk University, where uh, I was going to get my undergraduate and bachelor's in psychology. Um, and as soon as I graduated, I went into the field. I became a case manager I was working emergency psychiatric services with folks that were suicidal, homicidal, experiencing psychosis. I did that for like 10 years and seeing folks in a crisis. I'm like, I want to be able to catch people on the front end, like Mm -hmm. be preventative. And like, Mm -hmm. what can we do to set folks up? to help them not go into crises. So um, that's why I created and developed um, and started my private practice. Um, And like I said, I've been doing that since 2015. And so it's comforting to hear, you know, take my experiences and the knowledge I have and and help families and help individuals learn about, you know, what are the resources in their community, how to, create coping mechanisms to help them stay out of crises as much as possible mm-hmm. and know empower them to know you can live a quality of life and helping families as well navigate the mental health system that is very interesting um, nowadays but yeah that's mm-hmm. really awesome and that's very fulfilling work it sounds yes. like um, mm-hmm. especially if you have a passion for that because I'm sure that there are people that may be in the field that you're in, or maybe you've come across that aren't. And, mm-hmm. you know, we, we can tell. <laughs> so yes. um, I definitely thank you for what you're doing um, in the lives of people that you've touched, for sure. So I want to, because we're talking um, around Christmas and the holidays, I want to kind of touch on what are some things that people may be able to do if they are struggling with um, maybe getting with their families on Christmas or the holidays and they feel obligated or maybe they're not ready or maybe even if they're having struggles with boundaries or even grieving what are some tips that you can give people that would help them I'm glad you asked that um, I think a lot of times especially with society all the commercial you know the Christmas being commercialized mm-hmm. and all these holidays and it makes it seem like everyone's having a merry merry Christmas but a lot of people are not you know, with us coming from, you know, a pandemic and a lot of folks have lost loved ones, Mm -hmm. um, life as they know it has shifted. And so a lot of people are grieving during this time. And I I really want to encourage folks to allow yourself to grieve, you know, 
grieving is a process in itself. Mm-hmm. Um, whether you're grieving the loss of a job, loss of a loved one, loss of a relationship, maybe you're freshly out of divorce. And so now you're co-parenting, your children may not be with you. They may be with your ex, mm-hmm. whatever that looks like to allow yourself to grieve and not to put any heavy expectations on yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, you may have loved ones or friends that may invite you out to share with them, but not really expecting yourself to do that. Maybe telling them, hey, pencil me in mm-hmm. um, because I may or may not come um, mm-hmm. and being OK with that. Um, mm-hmm. It's OK if a lot of times I, I talk to my clients about creating new traditions, especially if you um, have been recently divorced and maybe you had years of the traditions with your ex. You know, I encourage them to create new traditions. Maybe you don't want to do that this year. Um, maybe you do just want to sit in the house and enjoy the presence of your family or your children or, you know, your friends. Um, it's OK. And all of this to say to have self-compassion and show yourself some grace Mm -hmm. during this time period and not to put any heavy expectations on yourself. Absolutely. That's good. Mm -hmm. That's really good. I think that, um, um, like you said, not only is the holiday commercialized, but a lot of people feel obligated because it is the time Mm -hmm. that's supposed to be centered around a happy family and everyone doesn't have that. Mm -hmm. Um, Or as you mentioned, life has shifted, things have changed, and it Mm -hmm. can be a struggle. Mm -hmm. And it's okay to admit that you're struggling with that. So I think that that's that's really good information to have. Absolutely. on that same note, what are some things that people can do that they may be looking forward to transitioning into the new year? Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of times, you know, we try to go ahead and jump in and plan in our goals or resolutions. Definitely. That is great. Definitely look at more so goals versus resolutions. But I definitely want to encourage people to take a time, take this time to really reflect Mm-hmm. because I think it will give you a perspective on how to move into 2022. Um, I think that a lot of times we need to reflect on on our losses, um, reflect on, you know, the grieving process. And once you know that, okay, I am going through this grieving process, I know not to uh, set up unrealistic expectations for myself. Maybe I do need to set more um, healthier boundaries with my loved ones and my friends Mm -hmm. or with my job, you know, moving into that. And I think a lot of times too, when we're setting goals, we like to look at externally how to set goals, but what about internally? So it's those things, you know, um, you know, we want to do this and all these tasks, but what about our mental health? What about have an attitude of gratitude, you know, practicing gratitude. Um, a lot of times um, our gratitude, we can, it can help us focus on the things we can, can control versus the things we can't. Um, it also will improve that depression. It will improve, um, you know, resilience. It will decrease anxiety. What I work with my clients is sometimes we future trip or trip about the future. So I tell them, stop future tripping. Mm, future tripping. <laughs> I like that phrase. <laughs> yeah, ah, okay. So just reminding yourself to stay present. And that also having an attitude of gratitude will also increase your self-esteem as well, too. Um, another thing too is, you know, looking at internally, what does your thought life look like? You know, I was researching, we have about 6,000 thoughts a day, right? Wow. 
6,000. And so if you think about it, our thoughts can either empower us or criticize us. You know, when you really have to focus on what we're ruminating on, Mm -hmm. it's a saying that says we are what we think. Mm -hmm. And so you really have to focus on what is our internal dialogue, because you can set all these goals. But if your internal dialogue is not, you know, empowering you and encouraging you, you know, you may self-sabotage and not reach those goals that you're trying to reach. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yep. Been mm-hmm. there. Okay. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> yeah, for real. It's easy. And it's it's really easy to get there mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I know for myself, I am a person that uh, interestingly, as a creative, I love spontaneity, but I have to have mm-hmm. some type of structure, mm-hmm. you know, and um, now that I'm working for myself, sometimes that's a little hard, <laughs> it's mm-hmm. a little struggle, but I have to mm-hmm. like, be mindful that my routines help me. Um, And so when I get a little far away from that, then I notice that things kind of take a downward slide, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, if I get away from saying my affirmations, if I get away from doing Mm -hmm. my stretching and my meditation and, Mm -hmm. you know, um, all of those things, talking with my friend on positive notes or even the, you know, sad things or whatever. If I get away Mm -hmm. from the routine things, then I notice, oh, this is not good. And, you know, and it, it can be very hard to get back on track. Do you have any tips for people that, um, you know, maybe having some of the same issues? Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. I think self-care, you mentioned a lot of those things and self-care is a big part of it. Um, Just Mm -hmm. really taking time out to, you know, um, treat yourself and focus on yourself. Sometimes self-care can come off as selfish, but it's not. It allows you that space to rejuvenate yourself. And so you can make... um, sound decisions. You can, uh, you know, be able to put up healthy boundaries and not fall to like weaknesses and temptations, because when you're not taking care of yourself, you can run into being exhausted, angry, Mm -hmm. irritable, feeling lonely, you know, maybe hungry because you're not eating. And so those all that that it can make you um, really make some unhealthy decisions. Mm -hmm. Um, And so self-care is a big part of that. And too, I encourage folks is sometimes when we're starting goals, we try to like go in full throttle. And sometimes Mm -hmm. you really have to take baby steps. You know, for instance, Mm -hmm. like working out, you want to be able to work five, five, six days a week, but maybe not even starting off doing that. Start off one one day a week. Get that (laughs) down. Mm -hmm. I'm going, you know, every week and consistent and then add another day because that's realistic. Um, And so really setting realistic goals. If if you get overwhelmed looking at cleaning up your house, not looking at the whole house, but maybe cutting the house into four quadrants, like a room into four Mm. quadrants saying, I'm going to do fourth of this room today. Tomorrow I'm going to do the other fourth. And then eventually you'll finish the whole room, but at least you can say I started it and you can look back at the end of the day and say, okay, I did something. And that increases your confidence and your self-esteem to keep going, moving forward versus saying, I'm going to clean the whole room and you don't, and you're disappointed. And because you put these unrealistic expectations on yourself. That's good. That's good. What Mm -hmm. is some, um, what would you say to someone that is thinking about possibly going to therapy? Maybe they notice that there are some things that they're, um, you know, finding challenging, um, but they really are possibly afraid or maybe even ashamed or feeling, um, you know, bad about wanting to go to therapy. What's something that you would say to them? I say, just try it. 
at least try, um, you know, changing the perspective about it. I think a lot of times my clients that come in, they say, you know, this is not as bad as I thought it was going to be. And their, <laughs> their, <laughs> and their expectation is this, what, you know, uh, commercials or TV has depicted where you're sitting on the couch and laying down and this person is professional is reading your mind and judging mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. And it's really not that you think about it. You're talking to someone that's been trained that is out of the situation. So they're unbiased, non-judgmental space for you to talk and be able to be free on what you're going through versus talking to a friend. It's great to talk to a friend, but again, there's some bias there. You're, you're thinking about their feelings. And so you're not going to be fully honest all the time about what you're thinking. And so it really is um, uh, talking to someone that is trained and about things that you're going through and processing. And it is having a conversation um, with someone about what the things you're going through um, and just processing things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know I've had about three um, therapists, uh, guest therapists so far, I believe, for this season. Oh, and awesome. one, of, one of the yeah, one of the things that I like to ask them is um, how would they approach? It's kind of along the lines of what we just said, but how do how would they pr- approach specifically people in the black community when they have a fear or whatever about therapy? And you kind of touched on that. Um, a lot of them think that they're paying someone to listen to their problems. And so mm-hmm. if they think that way, they feel like, well, what's the purpose? I can just talk to somebody that's my mm-hmm. friend for free or keep it to myself because no one can help me. Um, have you had any struggles with that? And if so, how have you helped people overcome that fear? Yeah, I think, too, it's um, the fear of, I mean, it, it is vulnerability. I think it's showing up to say mm-hmm. I am showing up as myself. And that's why I thank my clients every day at their session ends. Thank you for showing up, you know, Mm -hmm. literally and, you know, emotionally and mentally um, because you are vulnerable. You're letting yourself, your guard down um, to be able to talk about these things. And if you are the first in your whole family to go to therapy, I say you're breaking generational curses. You're Mm -hmm. exposing these things. And so you in order to be free and to be yourself and be authentic and live a life of freedom and accomplishing things, some things you have to let go of in order to let go of it, you have to talk about them. Unfortunately, they just don't go away. And so I talk about that process of, you know, what it, what they've been carrying some people have been carrying if they come to me at 45 they've been carrying things that's worth 40 40 years yeah. of stuff yeah. and you know you're all some are walking around I describe it as a volcano you know mm-hmm. and a lot of times people wait until something happens to come to therapy but let's try to get ahead of that and be preventive and just check in. Um, you don't have to be crazy to seek mm-hmm. therapy. Um, but like I said, there's people that's walking around like volcanoes and it's because we suppress so much and it's heavy and it yep. gets to a yep. point I'm going to explode. And so before yeah. getting to that, let's talk, let's process. And I say this, if you're going to a training licensed professional, just don't show up and now just talking. I, um, it, you are paying for a service. And so mm-hmm. it is, um, treatment. They should be completing what is called a treatment plan. And that mm-hmm. treatment plan outlines 
the goals and what you guys are working on, the issues you guys are going to work on, the type of therapy techniques that therapist is going to use throughout that time. Um, I say that because we need to stay on track. I want you to walk away from therapy saying, I accomplished X, Y, Z. Yes. versus saying yes. I just yes. didn't show up and talk to a girlfriend or or friend no no <laughs> yeah no you're right I've been there I've, I've yes. had I, I get it Mm-mm. I think the best sessions that I've had have caused me to unpack so many things that I didn't even know that I needed to do come on and then we have an actionable plan and, and I feel empowered once it's over I'm like yes. oh I can the world like yes. when, you, when you have that like there's nothing like that mind shift that you have even mm-hmm. during sessions or even after we're like wow mm-hmm. I didn't mm-hmm. think about that I'm not just mm-hmm. you know I'm not just spilling my guts or telling right. my business to someone like it it, it, it does help for yes, sure. so good. Sure. So I'm so glad Absolutely. that you 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 talk about that and your transparency about and then even yeah. you know us therapists need therapists. Like right. every everyone could benefit from some type of level of therapy. Absolutely, I am a believer that everybody needs therapy, mm-hmm. and I don't even mm-hmm. mean that in a mean way. I'm just mm-hmm. like there's so many things, especially okay, people are in our community. There's mm-hmm. microaggressions. There's macroaggressions. Come there's on. so many things that we carry by way of just watching the news or. Yes. You know, things we've taken on social media, our day to day lives, just being parents in this society where we don't even realize how much it's affecting our mental health um, until we we finally like get somewhere where we can be vulnerable enough where we don't have to feel strong. I mean, come come on, if anything can tell me me more is that to say I can rest this case. Uh, (laughs) You know what? I can't do it today. And um, that's okay. And especially yeah. if you're in a relationship, not only are you thinking, mm-hmm. you know, your parent, you know, you're thinking about your own mental health and see so you have to look mm-hmm. up the, you know, be caretaker of your child's mental health, but also your spouse. How Absolutely. can I support my spouse as well, too? And so, yeah, I definitely believe in, you know, couples therapy or just individual therapy as well, too. Mm-hmm. Great. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, you already shared with us um, all of the things that you have done in the past as far as what led you up into where you are and even getting into your own private practice and now your podcast. What are some things that you may be doing at this point that you can share that you're willing to share um, about what's going on with you? Yeah, so I'm so excited. I'm scaling my uh, practice and um, we are not only uh, seeing folks in Tennessee, which we mm-hmm. our home base is. We are also mm-hmm. seeing folks in Missouri, in the state wow. of Missouri, virtually, and so um, as well as Florida, the state of Florida. So, if you know anyone that is need, in need of a therapist, please contact me. Okay. I also um, recently launched um, my new self work academy. Um, oh, it yes, is a yes, yes. yes, it's a web based classroom of e courses for youth and adults to use as a tool to improve their self-esteem by, you know, we address things from the impact of relationship trauma, trauma, mental illness. Um, And then we also offer community-based trainings in the states that we serve and also do public speaking as well, too. So I'm excited about all things. And of course, the um, podcast that um, Sweats, Heals and Mental Health podcast that anyone could access on all podcast platforms. So Wonderful. Yes, wow, you're doing great things. Thank you so much for Appreciate sharing all that. of that. Absolutely. Yes. You guys, I'll be um I'll be sure to put all of her contact information as well as her social media handles in the show notes so you guys can contact Maria if you'd like. Are there any last words you'd like to leave our listeners with? 
Yes, I I definitely, uh, again, I want to say thank you so much, Nikita, for letting me come on here and be a guest of your show. But I definitely hope everyone who walks away um, that heard this, that they leave empowered, that they feel like they are enough and they have enough and they know that they are needed. Um, Iron sharpens iron. So we need each of you in this community um, and to go into this new year and this in these holidays, knowing that, you know, don't judge yourself to practice self-compassion and be assertive and ask for what you need, even if that means um, reaching out for professional help. Beautiful, mm-hmm. beautiful. Thank you so much again, girl, for being mm-hmm. here Appreciate with us you. this evening. Definitely so. Um, all right, you guys. Well, thank you all for listening to the Art That Heals Us podcast, where we talk to creatives and therapists alike um, on a weekly basis about what's going on in their lives and how they've overcome their own adversities and the way that they thrive through them. Um, you can listen and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, I, excuse me, um, Anchor and Spotify and um, reach out to me if you have any questions or anything with Maria. I'll have her information in the show notes. Until next time, it's your girl Nikita Vane signing off. Have a great evening.